0: And open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. Amen. And when you find it, if you could, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Feels good to stand behind this desk again feels like it's been a while. But Joshua chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse 1. We're going to jump around a little bit. Not too much. It says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out. And none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark of seven trumpets of ram's horns, and on the seventh day ye shall come past the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye have heard the sound of the trumpet, all the people, turn to your neighbor and say, all the people, we're talking about everybody, shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Let us turn and go to the 20th verse. I have to turn. I say we should turn, but I have to turn. You might not in your Bible. So the people shouted, when the priests blew with the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout and the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city every man straight before him and catch this last line and they took the city turn to your neighbor say they took Say it like I mean, like you mean it. They took it. They took the city. Amen. Let us pray tonight, God. We come before you. We thank you for your word and its anointing. We thank you for the worship in this house tonight, and every heart and soul that is here represented. And God, I ask that your your anointing just begins to rest upon this earthen vessel, and you begin to speak to and through me tonight. In Jesus' name, we pray. And the church says, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So many of you, if not all of you, know this as the battle of Jericho. It's been preached on many times in many ways. But the Lord began to reveal to me something, and I want to preach to you tonight on how to take a city. How to take a city? and and I, I will show you what I, I, I mean here in a moment. We, we know that Jesus spoke to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28 and verse eighteen through 19. And he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, talking to his disciples and now talking to us as disciples of Christ. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. This is what we know as the great commission. The great commission or the great to be commissioned is almost as a commandment. It is a decree. It is not an, a question. It is a decree. But Jesus would go on and tell His disciples in the Gospel of Luke, in, verse 20, or in chapter 24 and verse 49, He says, Behold, I will send the promise of My Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with, from, from, with power from on high. Why is that important? He tells us in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, that we shall receive, talking to the disciples, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be, what? Witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth." So we see here that Jesus in Matthew 28 lays out the Great Commission. We see in Luke chapter 24, He tells them that they need to be endued with power from on high. And in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8, He tells them why they are to be endued with power from on high because He's going to give them power to be witnesses unto Jerusalem, unto all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. This sums up, the, the Great Commission and how it is to be accomplished through the power of the Holy Ghost. So let us go into Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 verses 38. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm reading a lot tonight. Just jot them down and, and read them later. Or you can follow if you want to. I know I'm, I'm going kind of fast for the sake of time tonight but Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 what is going on is is the Holy Ghost has fell and and the disciples began to speak in tongues uh, and it is being heard uh, to them they're just speaking in an unknown tongue but it is being heard as multiple languages to those gathered for the Feast of of Pentecost and we find that uh, Peter being emboldened by the Holy Ghost, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 14 that he stood up and he began to preach. And this is in that this is the heart of his message here in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. It says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, that ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, he says in verse 39, for the For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all. Turn to your neighbor and say all all that are far off, even as many as the Lord God shall call. And with many other words he did testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this, untow- this untoward generation. And they that gladly received his words were baptized that same day and were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Why? Where am I going with this? Just continue to hang on with me here is what Peter is declaring is the Great Commission has begun. He's telling them in Acts chapter 2 and especially in verse 39 that this promise, this promise of salvation, this promise of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this thing that you are seeing and witnessing before your eyes uh, is, it is promised. Uh, it, it, it is something that is promised unto you and your children and your grandchildren. What he's saying is, this is for everybody. This is for everybody. So what begins to happen after Acts chapter 2 is we find that there is a massive campaign done by the apostles. We read through the book of Acts, and the church is added to, again, 5,000 souls. So now they went from 120 in an upper room to 3,000, and now they have added another 5,000. And then what begins to happen is the persecution begins to ramp up. People begin to scatter from Jerusalem. And now we find in Acts chapter 10, for one of the first times ever, and you find it in Acts chapter 8 as well, that Philip witnesses to the Ethiopian. We find in Acts chapter 10 that Simon Peter goes to Cornelius' house. These are Gentiles, and they are being witnessed to. They are being led to Christ. And you say, what does this have to do with everything? Is they were going to cities... And they were going to towns. uh, And they were taking them captive. Not not taking them captive with bonds and fetters. uh, They were taking them captive with their words and with the authority in which they spoke. uh, Because the Bible told, because Jesus told them they would have power. what Power to be witnesses. uh, And now they're being witnesses and they're going into cities. And they're literally taking cities for Christ. The Bible tells us, and I I may have this count wrong, Pastor may have to correct me, but I I hand counted this, so this could be wrong. I had to take my shoes off. And it says that Paul is recorded to, to have preached in 59 major cities in the ancient world. The Apostle Paul, after his conversion in Acts chapter 9, preached in 59 major cities. And in almost every one of those cities, if not all those cities, established a church. He was literally going into cities. He would go first to the synagogue and reason with the Jews. And then he would go to the marketplace and reason with the Gentiles. And he, he, was, just, he was just a man on a mission with the Great Commission and began to deliver the gospel, taking cities for the kingdom of God. You may ask, why is it so important... Why, why, is, why, why are you emphasizing this city thing? Because you'll find in the book of Revelation and chapter one, that God, Christ Himself, begins to speak to the prophet John, to the Apostle John, and he says, "Listen, I'm going to speak to the seven churches of Asia, of Asia. And he calls them, these seven churches, these, these seven churches are in seven cities." And he begins to call them out and he's saying, listen, I know your works. I'm going to give you a report card. Why, why, why would God give them a report card on their works and, and what they're doing for the kingdom of God? Because he established a great commission. And he said, I've placed you in that city to bring about the great commission in that city. I've placed that church for that city, in that city. Does everyone follow me? Am I I boring anybody tonight? I'm sorry. But I I want you to realize that cities are important. They're monuments. They're they're markers. They're they're inhabited. They are places that we call home. So how in the 21st century, how do we take a city for Christ? How do we become these people that would just just go in and begin to, to take cities for the kingdom of God to lose all fear, fear of criticism, fear of persecution, and begin to witness the gospel of Jesus Christ? How do we do that in the 21st century? I believe that this story that we read in our original text tonight you will find there are three things that I that God began to show me three things that allowed the children of Israel to take the city of jericho you're saying well well that's a military conquest in the natural yes but i i'm relating it to the spiritual tonight because you see in the natural what have been what would have been ideal for them is military tactics. They, the, 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 the Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 6 that the city was shut up. And, and Rahab says in, 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 in Joshua chapter 2, she says, Listen, my people are afraid of you. They're afraid of your God. They're afraid of what you're capable of. And, and really what would have been the military tactic is, is they could have just surrounded them. They could have just stayed there for a siege. Could have starved them out. They could have done all this. They could have done all that. There were so many different things they could have done to do this in themselves. Uh, But that's not what God called them to do. Uh, And I want you to know that we do so much in ourselves. And that's not what God called us to do. Well, I need to do this and I need to do that. And I need to be involved in this activity and that activity. Uh, And listen, where have we come to uh, where the church don't pray about anything? We just make decisions. Uh, we, we we, 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 We see obstacles in this city, uh, we see strongholds of drugs and addiction and, and we see uh, pornography all over these young men and young women we, we see these things that the world are trying uh, to establish uh, and to build up in this generation and in our families uh, but, but we, we don't pray about anything anymore, we just want to do it in our own self, uh, that's what uh, that's what would have made sense uh, for the children of Israel do, to do but that's not what happened but I'm going to give you three things why were three reasons why the children of Israel were able to conquer and take the city of Jericho? I know the, the overall answer, it was by the power of God. Yes, you are correct. But how many knows that when we fall into God's will, He uses us as instruments for His power to move through? Amen. You'll find in Joshua chapter 5 that the first thing they had was radical surrender. Radical surrender. You 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 read in to, to Joshua chapter five in the beginning of this chapter it, it is not it, it is not very pretty he he tells the young men he said listen you've been traveling along for these last forty years and these last forty years we have not been able to go into the promised land he said but we have not circumcised you we have not we have not finished this task that 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 is required that God requires us to do. He says, so all you that have grown up in the wilderness, uh, you're going to have to be circumcised. You say, what what does that have to do? Anything spiritual is the Bible tells us of a circumcision of the heart uh, where these men would walk into a tent and lay themselves down uh, and let the man of God cut on them. You say, that sounds graphic. That sounds awful. But I just need you to put on your spiritual mind uh, and put on your spiritual ears and eyes here. Uh, We need to be able to lay ourselves down on the operating table uh, and let the Holy Ghost uh, and the men and women of God that are filled with the Holy Ghost uh, begin to cut things out of our life that do not belong in our life uh, and we need to be able to take that uh, I'm sure that that there was millions, uh, if, if hundreds of thousands if not millions of men that said no this is uncomfortable uh, I don't want to do this uh, but Joshua said you don't have an option uh, if you want the city uh, you're going to have to sit on the operating table uh, and you're going to have to let the Holy Ghost uh, do His work. But not only there, uh, you find uh, in, in Joshua chapter 5, uh, there is a finishing, if you will, to a transition that has been going on uh, for, for since Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, uh, God comes to Joshua and He tells him, listen, uh, J- Moses is dead, it's time to move on. A transition begins to take place. Uh, they they Sanctify themselves. Uh, they cross uh, the River Jordan. They're up against uh, Jericho, this strong city, this walled city. Uh, and, and they stop there and they camp there. Uh, and not only are they circumcised there, uh, but the Bible tells us that they honor Passover, the feast of Passover there. Excuse me. And what begins to happen is they begin to eat of the land. They finally began to partake of the land. And the Bible says that when they ate of the fruits of the land, that the manna that they had lived on for 40 years ceased. It stopped. You say, what does that have to do with the transition? Joshua knew. Now that the manna has stopped, we have no choice but to go forward. We cannot half do this we, 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 we have to take the land or we will not survive because the manna has been cut off and I want you to know this tonight I'm just going to throw this in for free so many of us throughout the years have come into church and lived off the manna from worship lived off the manna from preaching lived off the manna that is thrown on the altars but I want you to know in this, in this season that we're in right now that you're going to have to bring take of the land the manna is stopping and that doesn't mean that the miraculous is stopping no that just means that you're going to have to put your war clothes on and you're going to have to make up in your mind that I'm not going back to the wilderness I'm not going back to how it was I know mamaw knew how to pray I know daddy knew how to pray but I know what this is we're in a new season we're in a new era we're in a new generation Yes, I need the same God, but I need a new power and a new anointing. I'm not living off yesterday. I'm living off today and what God is going to do in my future. So Joshua realizes, I can just I can just, just, see, what, what if he realized in this text that, he, that, that it was over? He had to go forward you find him at the end of Joshua chapter 5 you find that he and, and I, the, the, the text doesn't say this let me let me let me clarify the text does not say that he did this but what if Joshua was alone when he looked up and saw the captain of the Lord? What if he he was out there trying to pray, said, God, what are we going to do? The manna has stopped. Uh, Jericho is in front of us. Uh, I don't know what to do. I, I know you parted the waters uh, a few days ago. I, I know that we've celebrated Passover. But, but what if he was out there saying, I don't know what to do. Uh, and he began to look up and he saw a man with a sword drawn. Uh, and then he said, are you for us or against us? Uh, and the man said it doesn't matter really he he, he pretty much said "Uh, I'm the captain of the Lord's army and he fell on his face Joshua fell on his face and worshipped him and worshipped him and he said the captain of the Lord's army said take your shoes off because you're on holy ground and we come into our text tonight where we find that after there has been a radical surrender a radical laying of a life down that these men of war that they began to do uh, after they laid down uh, god began uh, after they laid down their life god began uh, to reveal his will and that's completely biblical because the bible tells us in romans chapter 1 and 2 he says i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service that's verse 1. Verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he says, well, Why is that so important? So you will know the will, the good and perfect will of God. So when you lay your life down, when there's radical surrender, God will begin to reveal His will. Let's get into our second point tonight. It brings us to our text in Joshua 6, 1-5. They had radical obedience. Radical obedience. When, I, when I'm using that term radical, I feel like God wanted me to use that term radical because it, 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 it just specifies the fact that it was, a, it, it was a surrender and that it was an obedience that didn't make sense to the world. It did not make sense for the children of Israel to just come and march around the walls once a day, six days in a row. It did not make sense for them to march around the wall seven times on the seventh day. It did not make sense. But they were radically obedient to what God called them to do. He said, listen, you've surrendered. Now I'm showing and revealing to you my will. But you're going to have to be obedient if you want to take the city. So these, these 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 men these 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 people of God make up in their minds that we, as crazy as this may sound, we are going to be obedient. Joshua tells them we're going to be obedient to the word of the Lord. He, he, he immediately, after hearing the plans uh, in Joshua, receiving the plans in Joshua chapter 6, 1 through 5, in verse 6, though, he, Joshua immediately begins to implement the plan. Uh, he, he he calls the priests together. He says, listen, I, here's what I need you to do. I need you to take up the Ark of the Covenant. I need seven men on the trumpets. And he says, I need the men of war. Uh, and and I, 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 I just want you to catch this real quick. Uh, you know, there are many stories where it talks about, the presence going before the people. Uh, there was a story just a few ch- few chapters ago uh, where the Ark of the Covenant went before the people uh, and showed them away, but not in this story. Uh, he said, I want you to bear up the Ark of the Covenant. I want the priests there. He said, but I want the men of war to pass before uh, the Ark. I want them to go for. What What? What does that mean? Uh, this, this goes back to what I referred to earlier, this transition of season. Uh, he said, you're not on the manna now, uh, you got your war clothes on, and there are times that the people of God, the men and women of war, not not warfare, not, not 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 carnal warfare, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And they pass before there are times that men and women of God need to make way for the presence of God. And they they pass before the ark. And they do exactly what God tells them to do. Radical obedience. Obedience that didn't make sense. Let me, let me tell you this. Let me, let me tell you this, what God told me today. He says, how do we take this city? He's telling me about Connersville. How do we take this city? By obedience. What if seven days of radical obedience could change your city's destiny? children of Israel did this seven days and they changed the entire destiny, the entire trajectory of their entire nation. Because they had radical obedience. Uh, the Lord began to speak to me this morning as, as I was praying. I, I didn't have a message till this morning. Uh, I didn't get the other half of this message till like 30 minutes before service. I don't know why God makes me wait, but He does it. And, and, and I don't understand that, but I'm just going to go with it tonight. I want you to understand uh, that God began to convict me this morning. Uh, and He said, if you're going to preach about radical obedience, uh, He said, I want you to radically be obedient to me today. He said, you know uh, that man you work with... Uh, you know he's a good worker. He's a good man, uh, but you know he's going through health crisis. Uh, you know that him and his wife are having trouble. He said, "I want you uh, to ask him at the end of the day. Uh, will you let me pray for you?" He said, "Just asking. I-, I heard the Lord plain as day. You ask him." I was like, "Lord, but I, you know, I, I don't want him to." We work together every day. I don't want him to think that I'm a weirdo or this and that. And the Lord said, if you're going to preach about radical obedience, you better be radically obedient and the Lord began to convict me and he began to just bring me back what if seven days of radical obedience what if it is as we talked about pastor last night me and you and brother Michael what if it is praying for someone in line to get their their pharmaceutical needs at Walmart what if it is praying for that person you eat lunch with day in and day out what if it is praying for that secretary at work what if it is praying for your boss what if it is calling a prayer meeting with your friends and saying we need to get a hold of God what is the radical obedience could radical obedience change this city so if we're serious about the great commission then we have to be serious about how to take this city take this city for the kingdom of God if they come to the music tonight the third thing that they had had radical surrender radical obedience they had radical faith had radical faith There's two parts to this. One, you know they had radical faith because they had radical obedience to something that didn't make sense. They believed in something that didn't make sense, a plan that didn't make sense. That shows you right there that they have radical faith, but not only did they have radical faith, they had radical faith to the extent that they believed just by shouting that the city wall would fall. Brother Chris, they believed just by lifting up their voice. They could change the situation for their sons and their daughters. Parents, let me ask you. When's the last time your children heard you lifting up the Lord? I'm not talking about here. When's the last time they heard you praying? Heard you worshiping in hope? I'm not talking about just singing a song. I'm talking about just worshiping, getting alone with God. I tell everybody, I'm very blessed to be raised in the home I I was raised in. I woke up with my father praying, and I went to bed with my mother praying. I I could hear them. I was in the basement, they were in the upstairs. I could hear them. Yes, my parents put me in the basement. Not for the reasons you think. but they believed by just li- just lifting their voice that god would move on their their behalf paul and silas believed just by lifting up their voice lifting up the name of jesus that he had the power to change the circumstance that they found themselves in do we still believe that there's power in prayer Do we still believe that there's power in worship? Do we still believe that there's power in praise? Do we still believe that there's power in thanksgiving? Do we still believe there's power in righteous living? In holiness and surrender? Do we still believe there's power in in, in obedience? Because yes, it's ultimately God... Who took his power, who took the city? But you see, their radical surrender and their radical obedience and their radical faith activated the power of God to move on their behalf. Church, if we could radically surrender to God's will and be obedient to his will and have faith. The faith that moves mountains. If we could just do this, could we take this city? Could we take this city? If you'll stand with me tonight. Ask you tonight. I want to ask you to ask yourself. Put your put your just just entertain me. I want you to put your your hand or your finger on your chest and say, "Self, do I want to take this city?" For Christ. Because I I want you to realize something tonight. Pastor Ron Russell's not in Connorsville by accident. Sister Sarah Mullins is not in Connorsville by accident. TJ McNeely's not in Connersville by accident. Jade Abrams is not in Connersville by accident. But we're here for a reason, and if Jesus isn't the reason, I don't know what else is. The Great Commission, the Lord just began. I mean, all day, Sister Terry, just all day. He began to show me open door after open door. He's like, oh, there's there's an opportunity to tell that lady that Jesus loved her. God, I don't really want to be it. Do I really want to be that way? We have to ask yourself, do you really want to be that way and get out of your comfort zone and maybe see God do something? Or do you want to stay the way things are? Because the, the, the way things are, yeah, they're good. We're blessed. But I believe for greater. Because Jesus believed for greater. And I just want to encourage you tonight. Challenge you by implementing these three things, but encourage you in this. There are times and, and 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 lately I believe this spiritual attack on the people of God has just ramped up immensely in the last few years. There are times that we find ourselves continually fighting. You feel like you get victory over one thing, here comes another, and there's times you feel completely surrounded and cut off and my mind goes back to a story I I read I read in, in, in some old notes today I was just flipping through and it flipped open to it a story my father used to tell me about Napoleon Bonaparte and he was in a battle and his army had just had victory after victory after victory. But battle, the battles were still hard, but they had had victory after victory after victory. And for the first time, Ethan, they found themselves on the ropes. Napoleon looked over because they, they communed everything, communicated everything through flags and through trumpets and he looked over at, at, at the little trumpeter that would just follow him around and wait to give orders, and he said, you need to sound the retreat. It's over. I'm going to lose my army. And to his surprise, that trumpeter raised that trumpet to his mouth, and it began to sound the, the bugle to charge. And all the, the troops began to rally, and they began to cry out, and they began to push back the opposing army. And Napoleon was just beside himself that one of his subordinates would disobey an order, a direct order. And he pulls him into his tent and he's just ripping him up one side and down the other. Why you, you could have you cost me and in France, you could have cost us everything. We could have lost it all. He said, if we didn't win the battle, I would have killed you. I would just kill you right now if it wasn't. He said, why did you do this? And the trumpeter looked at him. He said, because you never taught me how to play retreat. I didn't know. You've only taught me how to play one thing. And that's to charge. Church, we have to have the mentality that we don't know what it's like. We don't want to know what it's like to go back. The manna was good. But the reason that the people of God wandered in the wilderness for 40 years is because they didn't have radical surrender and they didn't have radical obedience and they didn't have radical faith. But the new generation had all three that they lacked. So I want to ask you tonight, are you willing to go forward and take this city? Are you willing to go forward and take this city? One one person at a time. One soul at a time. Let the Lord lead you. I'm not saying don't use wisdom. Let the Lord lead you. Pray for discernment. But I'm going to ask you to come to these altars tonight. You can pray in your seat. You can pray standing up. You can pray sitting down. Whatever you feel you need to do. But I'm going to open these altars and just say, come. Find a place to pray. Pray for radical surrender. Pray for radical obedience. Pray for radical faith. So to come tonight. Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jade here. I want to thank you for watching today. I pray that this message spoke directly to you and challenged and transformed your life by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want to invite you to connect with us on social media and stay up to date with what's happening here at PTC. And I pray that you have a great week and a great year in the Lord. We love you.